Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And today's guest, we have Ben Parks. Hey, Ben. How are you guys doing? Hey. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Glad to, glad to be here. Do you mind for our listeners, can you give us a background on yourself and how you got started in photography? Um, I think a background, geez. (laughs) Yeah, I think I kind of first got into photography just as a little kid. My dad was a bit of an amateur photographer. So there was always, I'm trying to remember, an old Pentax K1000 lying around the house. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? So I think you know, I never shot any film in it. I think for me, it was more just looking through the lens and you know, I was mesmerized by the kind of the uh, the focus split screen. So I spent a lot of time oh, yeah. just looking through that. I think I blew a bunch of film of my dad's, you know, unbeknownst to him, you know, when he developed it, it was just blank or pictures <laughs> of the family dog. But I think really kind of started getting an interest, I think, for most people is in high school. Yeah. So that would be about geez, 1980, 91. So it was still the time of the dark room. So kind of cut my teeth just shooting Tri-X on, you know, I think everybody's first camera, the Canon AU-1, you know, the, yeah. Yeah. The, the school <laughs> yeah. camera, you know, but yeah, after high school, I just kind of fell away from it and didn't really pursue it until later on when I was around 25, I went back to school, to college mm. and was kind of pursuing a degree in painting and kind of got stuck in my work. For a little bit and decided to take you know a photography requirement which we had to do doing the studio arts track and that kind of reignited uh, my love and interest of photography so from that point i kind of worked in painting and uh, photography and then just kind of slowly moved away from painting altogether and just fell in love with the medium at that point and just continued on through that track with graduating with a studio arts degree in photography oh no kidding wow. awesome yeah it was you know kind of a long-winded road to get there but uh i haven't put a camera down i think since 2000 <laughs> that's great so, yeah. yeah i just carried one with me ever since the my first class you know, it was kind of instilled with in us with our uh, photographer uh or sorry photography professor you know it was uh mandatory that we carry a camera with us every day and shoot oh i like every that day. <laughs> yeah it, so and i still do yeah i carry a camera with me everywhere i go you know much to the dismay or you know dislike of my wife and family you know, right. uh-huh. <laughs> oh i know about that uh-huh. yeah, it, yeah it takes me longer to pack my camera bag than it does for my kids and you know wife and dog to get out the door <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i get yelled at every single night for you take forever to get ready and it's like but i need to know what, yeah. what camera am, <laughs> what I, am I gonna what, take i mean yeah. what's the light look like out there you know <laughs> yeah so, oh, okay. Did you ever get into the digital realm of photography? Did you go down that road at all? Not really. Uh, I've got a digital camera, you know, uh, other than the one on my phone. I don't think it's been charged in probably, you know, a couple of years. <laughs> I love uh, that. It's uh, my son and daughter use it um, from time to time. But, uh, mm. you know, they're more into film as well. So it's just kind of a, a novelty around the house, really. You know, yeah. you know, it's just something we have, but we never use. But it was just, it never had an appeal to me. I think maybe since it was in its infancy, you know, I saw maybe a necessity for it, but it wasn't anything that I gravitated towards or really had an interest in. You know, I, I don't. Yeah. 
I don't want to speak down to those that actually do use digital. It just, it doesn't work for me or for my style. So it's nothing I really pursue. Right. That's what I, that's what I was thinking with, you know, I don't know how you would pull off the stuff no, you do with a digital, totally with a digital camera. <laughs> Yeah, I think that a lot of people think that I do shoot digitally and manipulate everything in Photoshop, which is a you know a question okay. that I get asked you know weekly. You know, which filters are you using? Or that's you crazy. Know, even though I try and hashtag everything with which cameras, you know, but you know, yeah. like, well, how much you know you're doing your effects in Photoshop afterwards? I'm so much of a lead. I, I, I probably don't even know how to open Photoshop anymore. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I just scan with View Scan and. Just save everything That's on the it. desktop and just upload it at that point if I need to. Yeah, man, I saw I saw something crazy. It was I think it was like an f stoppers video that was on YouTube. You know, you get caught in the YouTube vortex, and he was explaining about his. I guess they do like tutorials or something on there. And he said, and this video comes with 220 skies that you can do oh replacement God. skies. And I was like, what? Like people replace the sky? I had no idea. I was completely, yeah. I was completely blown away by that. Yeah. So, I know it's amazing what people are doing, you know, with computers. I know. Days, but, you know, for me, you could just walk outside in a 24 hour yeah. period and probably come up with 250 different skies that you can look at. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Amen to that. That's exactly. So Ben, speaking of your of your work, can you kind of kind of go into like your process with us a little bit? Just because I'm looking at these images and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, same, same here. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, I'll, I'll speak to certain things and I want to give up all the mystery behind it. Of course. It, you, know? Yes. But, <laughs> um, you know, I have, you know, suffer through bad cases of insomnia most most days mm. so um, and it kind of stems from getting up at three o'clock in the morning when my daughter was growing up when she was born i would take that three o'clock feeding and mm-hmm. from that from that point on gosh that was close to 15 and a half years ago mm. uh, i think my body my clock just changed you know and then yep. since from that point on i've just been getting up constantly 4 30 Five five thirty. It varies from day to day, and I just I think I noticed you know the stillness of Los Angeles at that point. Nobody gets up before ten o'clock in LA, mm-hmm. but, you know, if they don't have to. So if you go out in the city, you know, there's a completely different feel to it that time. And I think that by just watching the way the sun rises over the mountains and the constant changing of light and the colors that you know kind of reveal themselves as the morning hours go on, it really kind of made me realize that you know what I was looking for kind of in my painting work a specific color palette you know that I could never achieve through acrylic you know, I was starting to see visually just that early in the morning and by getting out and just driving around kind of in the stillness and kind of slowing down you know my shooting process and just waiting for the light as it kind of slowly starts to reveal itself that through that process of waking up early and going out every morning and seeing just how different things change, um, it really kind of opened my work up to um, reveal some new avenues that I hadn't before it's kind of expected to see in my own work. So I just made it kind of a mental note or you know, kind of try to self-discipline myself to pursue just getting up that early in the morning <laughs> and yeah. just constantly going out and shooting because I think that so much of the beauty in the morning is is missed by so many people and yeah um, it's just something that you know i shoot for myself but i hopefully people when they look at my images will kind of see something that they don't necessarily 
take a look at that early in the morning, even if they're driving to work or drinking their coffee from their house. You know, I think they miss so much of what you know, the grandeur of the world that we live in is, is missed just with the, the noise of what's going on around us. So it's uh, just my own process to kind of try and capture that stillness and that light and provide that for put my work out there. And hopefully people connect with it in a way that, you know, maybe they themselves might try and seek out that kind of stillness or they just may look at it. That's kind of a pretty picture or they might hate it, which I get people from time to time, you know, <laughs> comment on that. But, uh, you know, my process is just letting the light dictate to me you know, how I'm going to shoot that day. Yeah, I'm, 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 I think my favorite section on your website is this city before dawn photos. <laughs> Those are so good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. But you have to get up super early for that. So getting yeah. up at three o'clock is like perfect. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, I think that you know, I probably need to revisit that series and shoot some more. You know, I've been kind of shooting more up in kind of the Eastern Sierras lately. And, mm. you know, it's now it's um, getting a little bit more difficult to get out and uh, do um, so much exploring with um, children that are getting older with the responsibilities of, you know, hauling kids off to school and stuff like that. But, right. yeah. Um, you know, it's even 20 minutes from my house, I can be up in the mountains and, and shooting. So it's still something from time to time I can get out and do. Gotta love that about LA. Yeah, you could definitely, <laughs> you know, 20 minutes really anywhere. You can be yep. to the coast, to the mountains. You know, and I think that's the best. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I think that so many people, you know, don't appreciate that about it. You know, I think they just get lost in the hustle and bustle. Mm-hmm. There definitely is a hustle and bustle there. Mm-hmm. For the the one weekend I was there, yeah. it, was, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, and it doesn't change. It's always the same. You know, yeah, you know, it's just just more crowded. So is that is that is that what you normally do? Are you mostly you mostly get up? Well, yeah, get up early and go out and do that. Or do you have any other kind of stuff that you that you focus on? You know, I, it's mainly kind of getting up early and then going out and shooting. I do shoot sometimes later in the evening. The light is so harsh you know, kind of during the afternoon here that it's, mm-hmm. it, yeah. it's difficult, but, um, you know, I do try and shoot something every day, regardless of where I'm at and uh, just to stay disciplined. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And just for my own mental stability, just to be able to kind of get out, even if it's in the backyard, kind of shooting flowers or you know, abstractly that even just 10 minutes here or there, it, it just keeps me centered and keeps me focused. So yeah, you know, it's you know, landscapes or, a huge part of my work but you know, i do shoot portraits every once in a while it's nothing that i'm really all that great at you know i'm mm. horrible directing people and i have a hard time kind of <laughs> getting them to relax in front of the camera so i don't necessarily kind of pursue that but every once in a while when i work you know collaboratively with people my friend adam goldberg who you had on the show yeah a couple yeah. weeks ago mm-hmm. you know i sit in with him and uh, our friend andrew when they're recording albums and shoot those guys when they're working or oh that's cool yeah that'd be cool to be a part of that yeah, yeah. it's a great process and it's one of the things that i enjoy most you know when i'm not shooting landscape it's just to sit in with other artists and kind of watch them go through their own processes mm. um i think that's uh, we all kind of glean from one another but it's you know kind of interesting to see what they're doing and maybe incorporate some of their practices just kind of how watch them work and how they achieve certain goals um Adam and Andrew work in a way that's really kind of fun to watch. Definitely lends an air of relaxed ability to shoot, you know, 
just in kind of in a free environment with no restrictions without having to yeah. close people. Those guys, are, you know, they just bring it in an energy that it's hard to capture. <laughs> it's, it's funny how that works, like how different mediums kind of you can be inspired and pull from things like music or, yeah. you know, like you're, you, you're a painter as well. You know, like I, that was something I've, I think I've talked about it on the show a couple of times that I've always wanted. I was always fascinated with painting and I wish I was, I wish I had that ability. Yeah. I can't, you know, I'm like a stick figure and a, you know, a sun with a circle with rays poking out of it. You know, like my, my abilities are, are not what I wish them to be. And I mean, I guess practice and all that stuff does, you know, play a part, but I feel like, like things like that, you have to be naturally, naturally, uh, naturally talented or gifted in that right to do, to, to kind of put your vision down on paper or canvas or something like that. Like you need to have it, you either have it or you don't. And I'm just like one of those people that doesn't have that. So <laughs> photography for me, and there's like so many crazy things, like just, just your spectrum of photography, like you're yeah. doing stuff that, is so like almost abstract and it looks and like paintings. Yeah, it, it's it very has a like a painterly quality to it, which is really really awesome. That's it's really nice of you guys to say because that's really what I've kind of tried to achieve in my work from the beginning was was to arrive at a kind of a, a painterly quality that um, mm. you don't necessarily normally see kind of in um, film photography. You know? Yeah, um, yeah, it's getting kind of working with different emulsions and different films and trying to, you know, kind of come up with that color palette that really kind of speaks to a pastel quality, which you know, certain films definitely lend themselves to starting out years ago with uh, peel apart Polaroid mm. um, with their early IDUV or six, six, nine. That was kind of my all time favorite film back then. Yeah. The six, six, nine is beautiful. Yeah, it is. And I still look back at that longingly, you know, I, I try not to be too upset about it. You know, it, yeah. it, it was great while it lasted, but unfortunately yeah. it just doesn't you know, exist anymore. So then I had to go back into the dark room with just uh, color film. Cause I was only shooting Polaroid and FP 100 C forever. And I didn't think, you know, at that point I thought I was just going to have to give up photography altogether. Right, isn't that crazy? I can't can't go back into color film. You know, it's just going to be too difficult. But talking with Adam and uh, we both kind of, I had a tendency to get a little bit uh, frustrated and down on myself, like, oh, I just can't do it. So he talked me off that ledge and just you know encouraged me to kind of pursue, (laughs) you know, looking at you know to portrait again, or you know, with the new Cinestill stuff that was coming out, you know, and kind of Mm -hmm. branch out and start developing again on my own and through developing on my own at the house. I think I've arrived at kind of the point where I'm happy with the results I'm getting. I don't think I've sent film to a lab in a couple of years. It's just all in-house now. Yeah. Yeah, The kitchen sink, just working for, That's the best way to do it. Exactly. (laughs) It's just great, you know, you know, to expose the family or to, you know, the kids being able to see it. And they're mesmerized by the the magic of photography, which is great to have a captive audience, you know, ones that are like, don't want to associate with you. Like, no, I don't want to see it. (laughs) <laughs> do you feel creatively satisfied with the switch to like cine still and portrait and stuff yeah you know for the most part i do you know, i think that you know i think we all get frustrated and stuck in our own work and we always you know feel like pieces are never really done but um mm-hmm. you know and yeah. yeah i still blow through rolls of film or when i develop it I'm just you know mortified by the results and it's just not what i had expected but um, mm-hmm. i think for the most part you know i that Portra, for me, what I'm shooting right now, Portra 400, is really kind of what my mainstay is. And the, the Sinistil um, 800T, 
which I mm-hmm. like. But uh, I think the portrait paired with the Cinestill C41 kind of uh, their simple kit, three-step kit. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Is for me is producing the results uh, that I'm looking for. So you know, if anybody's looking for an easy you know, home kit to develop, that Cinestill C41 is a great product to use. You know, I think it you know, for the ease of you know, developing colored film at home. And I think a lot of people should kind of give it a shot. Yeah, that's one thing I haven't. I just recently got back into doing black and white with the Cinestill Mono Bath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so color is like the next step. I feel like I should try that. Yeah, I mean, are you, you know, kind of satisfied with the black and white? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm always kind of yeah, a little reluctant at first to try kind of a, a two-step bath. Mm-hmm. I usually do a lot of stand developing, and you just kind of leave it for hours on end to kind of bake in there. But <laughs> talking to the to the Wright brothers, those guys, you know, go oh, give it a shot, and they tried it. You know, the first couple batches were great. So you know, I use it from time to time. I still yeah. use a lot of D seventy six as well. So. Yeah, I'm a I, D76 or HC110 yeah. are my yeah. to go tos for that. <laughs> yeah, I think you just get to know your kind of you know, your recipes and. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. That I just I love that part of it. I wish everybody who was shooting film, you know, took the time to develop at home. It's yeah. it's not it's not as scary as everybody may. You know, people are always like, "Oh, I've done black, Chris, Chris." Yeah, you know, <laughs> I did the black and white. Next is yeah. like, it's not scary. I mean, as long as you bring it up to temperature. Mm-hmm which you can do in your kitchen sink yeah. is it's real easy. And I mean, it's actually quicker, I feel like than developing black and white. Cause it's, you know, it's a set time yeah. for every role. Like yeah. sometimes I'm developing pushed, you know, T max or something for 30 minutes, yeah. you know, yeah. or not with color. I mean, unless you push or pull it, but I mean, you pretty much shoot on the straight and narrow mm-hmm. with your film speeds and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I suggest you do it. Chris. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Give it a shot. It's really easy. As long as you can keep the temperature stable, you're fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. And I mean, it's just another one of those things where it's just so good. And I mean, you, you're taking your art to the next right. step. You yeah. know, I, I feel I, I would feel weird letting a lab develop and process my film and send it back to me because it's like they do editing to it mm-hmm. and stuff. So it seems... I don't know. I mean, I get it and I understand why people do it. I'm not knocking it. I don't want to get, you know, some comments on how I'm <laughs> being mean or something. But like I I just love doing everything and by hand and having it be mine. The more and more I do with it, the more and more I feel like I own it. Yeah. So it's I don't know. Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. It's, some of the stuff that I sent out to a lab a while back that uh, when I compared the negatives when I scanned them at home versus the negatives that were scanned, you know, the adjustments that were made to me, I think, detracted from kind of what I was going for. So mm-hmm. you know, kind of made that decision just just to develop it at home, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, not to their fault by any means, you know, but, you know, the way I shoot, it's so different and it'd probably be really difficult to interpret what I was trying to put forth on the, you know, the frame for them to see that and be like, I don't know what he's going for. <laughs> yeah. yeah especially with your stuff that's crazy man i love that cinestill little vignette thing that they did i've probably watched your little episode like 12 times since it came out no. and you, one thing stuck out to me so much i think it was when you were talking about your house of blood about how it's how it's like broken or something's not right with it <laughs> but that's you you know that's like something that you work with with that camera yeah. you know and i i kind of i feel that i have a four or five camera that's just like i kind of you know 
glued and taped yeah. and weaseled my way and I wanted to use it so bad and it was broken when I got it so I just kind of made it work but I use that to my advantage now if I gave that to somebody else they'd be like I don't even know if I can use this mm-hmm. but I you know I know how to use it kind of thing like and Makes I know it your what own. I, yeah 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 and I think that I think all of my cameras have issues somewhere or another yeah. <laughs> I love that I love it yeah it's you know, with the Hasselblad, you know, my 500 cm, that's uh, you know, the shutters are, are sticky. So you know, one second could be one second. It could be, you know, three minutes. It just depends whenever it's going to close. <laughs> yeah, the upper speeds work fine, but you know, the back's loose and has light leaks. And you know, I just kind of cut my teeth on that. It started to see through that camera just the possibilities that um, that I couldn't achieve with 35 millimeter or a lot of other cameras mm-hmm. that I was shooting with at the time, you know, and it's, it can be a, a frustrating camera at the same time, just dealing with square format. You know, it's kind of why I never really connected with SX 70 film for Polaroid. I had it and I shot it for a while, but mm-hmm. you know, I was like, ah, oh, I just never felt that camera. And people always point out, well, it's square format as well. How True. <laughs> but there was just something about it that just really wasn't working for me. So I moved into the, the Hasselblad. You know, I haven't shot it in a couple of weeks and it's, feeling neglected on the shelf but um yeah so i have to take it out but uh, it's definitely still one of my my favorite cameras like you were talking about just the subtle nuances of all these cameras with Mm. sticky shutters or you know light leaks to me it's i never know what's going to happen you know with any of my cameras you know if it's going to be completely blown out or one light leak right down the center so to me it's i still am surprised with every shot really that i take I envision it one way in the viewfinder when I'm setting it up, but when I actually see the result, it, it's going to be vastly different, which to me wow. brings that kind of like childlike innocence and wonder, you know, everything that I look yeah. at when I, you know, I don't want to sound like I sit around and look at my work just like enamored of it all the time, but it's, <laughs> it's just, you know, I'm always you know, amazed. You know, it's like working in the dark room with you know, bringing images on paper. It's just there's something yep. about mm. it when you see that scan for the first time, you're like, that is amazing it's you know that's not at all what i the picture happening so it's it's those subtle things that to me just constantly keep me smiling and amazed by the god it's the best yeah it, it really is you know just that constant <laughs> wonder and it just makes me want to shoot more you're like okay well i'm going to go back to the same spot tomorrow and see what, yeah. what happens yeah. you know and it could be a, yeah. a completely different role of film you know and that will be the role of film that's came out horrible but at the same time, it's just, I think it's one of those things you just have to discipline yourself to shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot you know, so much to get familiar with those things. And I just, I, I would hope that people would kind of want to strive to arrive to that level of understanding with their cameras rather than mm-hmm. having like in, in yeah. a, an immediate, you know, kind of satisfaction. You know, so much of the questions that I get about my work are, well, Hey, how do you do this? What lens do I need? What camera do I need? How do I get here? How do right. I get there? You know, and, and I'm always reluctant to tell them anything other than, well, you just need to kind of get out and shoot. You know? Me telling yeah. you what I use is not really going to get you there. It's you have to get out and experience for yourself. You know, it's decades for me shooting. It, it's taken to arrive right. at this point, but it's decades of just pure enjoyment followed by moments of horrible frustration. But it's. <laughs> It's just, yeah, it's so, just so the up true. and downs. So true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you go out and make it a point to shoot every day. A lot of us get lost in like our nine to fives or whatever yeah. and, and don't really make the time. I've been kind of 
in a rut lately as well with that. Like, but you saying like, I just go out every day and make time for it. And that's really just what it comes down to yeah. is just going out. And even if there's no intention, you know, yeah. like go and make the intention, like I'm going with this camera and I'm going to shoot four frames if that's yeah. all you can do for the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, I think it, you have to, I know it's really difficult because people's lives are very busy. You know, mm-hmm. not everybody's going to want to get up at four in the morning to go shoot, but you know, yeah. going out in the backyard and just shooting something as simple as, you know, my dog playing in the backyard with, it, you know, or like I said, you know, a dandelion as it's kind of blowing in the wind. It's, I think it's as much of a kind of a stress release as it is a way for you to stay just in tune and keep your eye in tune, mm-hmm. you know, or just look at things a little bit differently. You know, it's, it's a little bit more difficult for people that are, say, you know, street photographers because you know, they're looking for a specific subject matter. So it's, and let's yeah. say they want to run out of the street and shoot their neighbors as they're driving down you know, to work. But <laughs> I think that it's, um, you know, if you can set that kind of self-discipline and just be able to try and capture anything, it doesn't have to be anything you want to show or display on Instagram or, you know, whatever vehicle you use to kind of get it out there. But just for yourself, you know, I think it just helps you kind of cope with the day. So true, man. I get because I walk home from work all the time, and because I, I live like two and a half blocks away from my job, and I my coworkers are always like, "Do you want to ride home tonight?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, yeah, no." Yeah. Like I need this like 15 minutes of walking home, and just I mean, even if I don't take a picture, I always have my camera out, and I'm just studying things when I'm walking home. Mm-hmm. It, I love that like photography sounds like for you and for me and I'm sure Chris and a lot of people that are listening that it is like a like a stress reliever mm-hmm. like that's it, it's it's amazing how that happens. Yeah, it really is. Because I think it just takes you out of the moment, it takes you out of your mindset, yeah. you know, completely you know, just because you have to start thinking about things and slowing down for your shots. And, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a bit of escapism for me. Yeah, same. Like you said, you know, you walk home from work a couple of miles i have a tendency if i'm shooting just cityscape there's a an old motel that's down the the road for me that's you know i've driven by it every day since i was a child being born and raised in pasadena it's you know it, it hasn't changed it's kind of a constant you know, so it's a, a bit of a security blanket for me uh, mm-hmm. you know and i think if you watch that cinestill short you probably saw it because i dragged brandon the director there just so you could see it but <laughs> there's something about that location and that I think the familiarity of it and being able to kind of step out of the the noise of the day and just being able to shoot something that I kind of have an intimate conversation with. I've never been to that hotel other than just driving by, but kind of the old fifties road sign, the lights that constantly change to me. It has a a silent beauty to it that um, to me always deserves to be captured before, you know, things change, it gets torn down and mm-hmm. you know, their parking lot gets built or you know, who knows what will happen as things change through the years. But for now, it's it's a constant that I, I still enjoy visiting. Man, we have we have one of the, well, I have, not we, I have one of those too. At, there's this like abandoned, it's just like a big abandoned complex that's like in the shape of an L that has like a really neat alley and mm-hmm. all the windows are broken out. And it's it's just always cool to, you know, maybe at least once a week walk down there and something's different every time yeah. I go and you know there's like either a new graffiti or mm-hmm. they painted back over the graffiti or this this door's broken off now and there's a picnic table out here that wasn't here mm-hmm. before you know there's always yeah. it's a good it's just like a nice beacon to to go and feel familiar and just you know shoot 
a couple shots. Again, something like uh, you don't always have to shoot. I think people forget that too. That you don't always have to shoot for something. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not you're you're not out like shooting a publication every time you go out and shoot. I That's mean, sometimes where... it's just nice to go out and just shoot stupid stuff. Yeah, you know. That's the rut I'm in. I and I, mm. I'm. Just like there has to be a purpose. I have to have like a, I needs to be shown after, and it needs to be like of this certain type of person or whatever. And it's like, so I haven't really taken any photos because, you know, yeah, that's not aligning yeah. with what is actually happening. So yeah, I mean, that's a that's a hard rut to kind of get out of to get your mind out of that. You know, I mm-hmm. think you know, for me, it took years to kind of arrive to the decision that I'm just going to shoot for myself, and if people gravitate towards the work, great, and if nobody ever sees it It, at least i know that for me it provided a a sense of solace you know Mm -hmm. know, it's something that uh, provides a a bit of magic or wonder for me something that i can look back on in that moment you know maybe perhaps remember the day or what was going on a bit of a time capsule per se but um, yeah you know for me it just uh, i've just so become enamored with just are constantly changing sky that there's something I just can't get away from. I can't wrap my head around, you know, just the, the, <laughs> the colors that, that again, to go back, the colors that, you know, are presented to us like pre-dawn, you know, when you go through the range mm-hmm. of purples to reds, to scarlets to oranges. It's, to me, it's just mind boggling that, uh, that more people don't make a point at getting out and seeing. Right. I, I, yeah. I just, I just yeah. feel, you know, I, Maybe it's just naive of me. I just want people to experience the same kind of wonder and enjoyment that I get from it. You know, mm. and I know not everybody, you know, that are really into that. But I think that there has to be a point where somebody looks up at an early morning sky and it's just like, wow, I'm kind of blown away by this. It takes your breath away. It's, it's just that silent beauty in the world that goes missed mm-hmm. so much. And maybe that's just the landscape side of me. I just, <laughs> I, I just want to share that with so many people, but. You know, yeah, it's just oh, it's man. hard to get it out there. I get it, and I'm going to get up at four in the morning now, Ben. Yeah. Thanks. Do it. Yeah, <laughs> I've been wanting to do that for a while. I I often think of how how quiet because I mean it's the population just keeps growing here and here. Like mm-hmm. the Nashville area is just expanding so greatly in the last like couple years that I've been here, and you know it really is the only quiet time mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. at two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning. And once the cars start going again, it's just like up. Oh, another day mm-hmm. yeah exactly it's you know unfortunately i think that just the world has become such a busy place that it's harder and harder yeah. for people to make time just to kind of slow down and take the enjoyment offer a little bit of peace of mind a little bit more happiness in the world people would just take a moment to appreciate some of the beauty around them and that doesn't have to be at four in the morning you don't have to get up because <laughs> yeah, you know, there's so much of beauty that exists outside you know at all times during the day i just um, think that for them to pay attention to it, that it's something that I would hope that's something they would. Yeah, take a picture of it yeah, instead exactly. of looking at your phone. Yeah, exactly. In the, at this point, you know, I would, I would rather see somebody stop by the side of the road out of their car just staring at the sky than having their right. iPhone out taking a picture of it at that point. Right. It's kind of judgy for me to say when I'm out there with my camera, but it's. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think that everybody's just looking down. Nobody's it's looking true. up anymore. Ugh. That's a whole nother uh, conversation. I know, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. And you, you always see. Well, I always see that too. Like uh, we were at a concert not too long ago, and this one girl was standing right next to me, and she was filming. I mean, I get it. She wanted to film the song or something like yeah. that, so she had it. But she was, 
instead of just holding her phone there, but it was getting the whole scene. It's like she right was in front of her face. Staring, staring yeah, through, into yeah. it, like not even watching this beautiful live event that was going yeah. on. And I'm like, look up. Yeah, <laughs> look, look up. up. You're missing it. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, that's just the time that we're in now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's very, yeah, the last show that I was at, I can't even remember what it was, but it it was very difficult for me to see the stage through the sea of iPhone screens that were kind Mm -hmm. of projected right back into my face. So it's like, I'm trying to enjoy the moment, but, you know, it's, um, everybody lives on their phone now, so. It's crazy. Yeah. Where they should all live in their camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so Ben, we've been asking a lot of our recent guests this question. Do you, do you have any publications in the works? Any zines? Any books? Any any art shows? I have one part of a show called Everything Is Still, which is in late June at Vermont Museum through the Southern Vermont Arts Center. It's uh, oh cool. It's being put on by a gentleman named Stephen Schwab. Is focusing on artists that work with um, cinema stock so guys actually like cinema stock oh, and stuff cool. like that cool. yeah so yeah. you've got um i can't remember how many artists there's gonna be 30 artists you know the, the wright brothers from Cinestill, uh, myself adam he may be a part of it and a few others so it, that's the next show that's coming up i just finished a solo show uh, called small hours which is on my website which folks can take a look at which is really focuses kind of on the abstract desert landscapes of the eastern sierras i'd love to do a zine and kind of get out there and that way i, I kind of love that grassroots movement uh, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. yeah i haven't started looking into that adam and i had talked about doing something together and just uh try oh, to that'd be great to that would be out. awesome yeah um, we haven't fleshed anything out you know it's just kind of it, when we get in the dark room and work together try and ha- come up with some ideas but I'd love to put something together so you guys know anybody anybody wants to put together a zine or you know i'm always open to kind of you know, to share my stuff that way but right now it's just trying to amass another body of work perhaps to show you know at some point great the last show was some great pieces they were all huge like 40 by 40s and oh nice yeah. yeah 78 by 46 some really big pieces which uh, are great to show on large scale and maybe I'll you know, send that out to show somewhere else. I had some interesting people that are looking at certain pieces. So maybe they'll be able to see one out your way at some point. And do you sell yeah. a lot of your work too? Um, some, you know, it's, yeah. believe it or not, you know, the LA photo community or the LA art world is so kind of incestuous and insular that uh, mm-hmm. it, you have to be pretty well known to kind of break into that. Um, right. Yeah, you know, I've, I've shown down in, uh, in Texas, you know, and it seems like they're, the art scene in San Antonio and in Houston, those places are far more receptive to kind of the abstract photography, which is great you know, through the help of a, a good, great photographer down there by the name of David Salinas. He kind of introduced me to his um, community, much like the LA Brewery Art Studios. It's kind of a collective, collaborative work. So they amass mm. a lot of group shows and things. It seems like a lot of the folks down in Texas gravitated towards those abstract abstract landscapes I had one piece of a decomposed cow skeleton wow, yeah, which, cool. which, which you know I, I i don't want to stereotype the folks in texas but i guess maybe the cattle kind of appealed to, yeah. to yeah. that audience but um, it, it's uh, i'd really appreciate the support that i got through um, you know, the collective down there and i think that uh, you're going to see some great work coming out of a lot of folks down there that's great yeah yeah i hear that a lot i hear that texas is you know especially in the photography world too i mean that's where they have the uh like polacon there's a lot Mm -hmm. of polaroid shooters and stuff that that are down in that area yeah and that denton area i just i 
Yeah, Denton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our former guest, Troy Bradford. He's a, oh, yeah. Troy's a great. staple down there. He's such a nice oh, yeah, guy. He's the best. Yeah. Such a sweetheart. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I know Jason Lee's down there outside of Denton. Yeah. Know, so he's, yeah. You know, he's good. always got a great body of work. It brings a lot of interest into uh, the photography community, which I think is, is wonderful. It exposes a lot of people that didn't necessarily want to pursue kind of medium or large format photography that really seem to have taken an interest. And I'd love to see that people have this vested mm-hmm. interest and love of, you know, kind of wanting to move forward and exploring other mediums rather than just sticking with 35 millimeter. They kind of want to branch right. out in yeah. new areas and anything that we can do in our community to kind of expose you know, all the other formats and, you know, hopefully will help kind of seal the fate of film for us all and be able to continue shooting for, you know, decades to come. Hopefully. Amen. Be better, man. Yeah. Better. yeah. I'll be Amen so ticked if yeah. that doesn't happen. Yeah. That or we're going to all have to start coming up with our own developers and own papers, you know, I to know, try right? to figure out that void. Uh, but, you know, it seems like there's some great grassroots movements that are producing some wonderful stocks. So you know, kudos to yeah. those guys. Yeah, and thanks for, sure. for bringing that Seriously. stuff to us all. Absolutely. We'll be right back with a listener question for Ben right after this message from our sponsor. Support for Analog Talk also comes from Polaroid Originals. Go to PolaroidOriginals.com and use the offer code ANALOGTALK10 at checkout to receive 10% off your next purchase. All right, guys, this is part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners. And this week's question comes from a former guest, Wes Boker. And he asks, to what degree are your images realized before you bring them to life? You know, I, it's deep. Yeah, you know, I, don't, I think everything that I usually have a tendency to shoot is just kind of spontaneous. I don't really go out with a set idea of what I'm going to try and capture. It usually kind of unfolds and presents itself. Mm. Um, I do have a tendency to shoot a lot of double and triple exposure, so that's you know, something that will always kind of factor into it. But as far as uh, having any kind of preconceived idea, it's really the light of the day. That kind of dictates to me um, just mm. exactly, you know, kind of what I'm going to see. And it's, you know, it's one of those things that we all go through when we're shooting. It's you know, the light's going to dictate. And if I don't make that kind of decision just within mm-hmm. my head within that second, it's going to be gone five seconds later. So um, I think that um, usually what you see when I post is you know, that is really just kind of the magic of the moment that, that mm. that's. You know, I frame within the camera, which is within that second, and whatever shows up when I develop the film is really just kind of <laughs> it's really just kind of the magic of the day. So I really, unless I'm shooting maybe like a portrait of somebody, I, I may have a certain look that I, I'm going for. But mm-hmm. like I mentioned earlier, I, I don't really shoot a lot of portraits, so it's it's probably one of the reasons I'm so horrible at it. But if maybe if I realize shots a little bit more in my head before time, it would be better. But I think I'd lose a lot of the kind of spontaneity and magic if I yeah. try and limit myself to that uh, to that, that that rule. I guess it's a great question. Yeah, yeah, that is really good. And portraits are like a total pain in the butt. Like Chris, I mean, that's what you do. Yeah. you know, you you like shooting the portrait and stuff. But I think you need to be three steps ahead. And watching you when we were when we were at the Padilla, the film photography Padilla, Chris, like just seeing you like kind of like put in direct and stuff like yeah. that like I'm so bad at telling people what to do just like you said earlier you know it's it's tough to I'm just not that comfortable with doing that like put your I mean I can say put your chin down that's about as far as I <laughs> yeah. usually go put your chin down put your chin up you know look over to the left look to the right but when you're like you know putting people in these weird twisty bendy like you know like uh like Justin Rosenberg like he gets yeah. his models to to like do the crazy like i i just don't know how people do that yeah well what you guys said earlier about like the the, you know the whole the process of your career and how you Mm. like 
your your technique and your look all comes from from that i mean like when i first started i i, I was so shy and could never <laughs> think about directing anybody but now after 15 years of like shooting weddings and yeah you know working in a portrait studio like you i mean i don't know if i've told the story on the, on the show before but my first wedding i was a, a second shooting and i sat in the car freaking out before I like got out and went and did it and you just have to go and you have to go and you have to learn yeah, you have to just yeah. shoot more portraits it's just yeah. and I think that's with everything yeah like you're saying it just, the more you shoot the more comfortable you get but you know if it's shooting weddings or street or landscape mm-hmm. you know obviously the, the more you do it the more comfortable you are but you know I, I can't imagine shooting somebody's wedding because oh yeah I think uh, it would just be yeah, I, I would turn them in my prints and they would just think I was insane because it was just <laughs> you know, everything would be double exposed, you know, and the white would be off. Oh, I'd love just, that. I would love to see that. Just, like, be, I think it, you should shoot a wedding just because yeah, of that. It might be kind of fun, I guess. If somebody's yeah. if somebody's willing to have me do that to shoot a just a really bizarre <laughs> abstract kind of portrayal of their wedding day, then I'll give it a go. But yeah, that would be so be kind cool. of fun. Yeah, yeah, that was a great question. Yeah, thanks, Wes. Thank you. Yeah. Well, then we have the tough questions. Then too, it's kind of a two part question, and it uh, the first one is desert island camera, like the one camera that you couldn't live without. Like, what would be the apocalypse is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Which one are you grabbing? I think that I think that I would probably grab my hand-built four by five it's a camera that has a bizarre name it's a it's called a razzle which was built out of a polaroid 800 by a guy in australia named dean jones who's sadly passed away but he builds a four by five back so it's a handheld four by five but a back that he designed allows you to remove it so i can shoot four by five or roll film or oh no kidding polaroid backs and everything so i can shoot everything from actually 120 up to four by five so it's uh it's really light amazing to shoot i took it with us on a trip to paris for a month and being able to shoot kind of three different formats all within one camera yeah Yeah. what's it called it's called a razzle a Um, razzle yeah and i think you can probably still see something on uh, the internet it's basically just a polaroid 110b converted Hmm. uh, which uh, i don't know if you guys are familiar with the four designs came out with like a three by three and a quarter by four and a quarter pack film version Uh, yeah i remember yeah yeah, the the, the big folder so it's based on that Mm -hmm. kind of that body and uh, some other folks have done you know conversions Uh, that one was built uh, for me it's still next to the Hasselblad, probably my favorite camera just because it's man the construction of it, it that probably is the only lens where it actually functions correctly because it was clean before i got it so the <laughs> speeds are accurate and everything but um, it's just an, an amazing camera to shoot if, if anybody finds one on ebay sometimes it's if you've got the means pick one up it's a beautiful camera to shoot. yeah it sounds amazing yeah i mean three different formats in one camera it's you a, can't really it's beat a that. dream yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's really is and it's you know being able to sh- to shift between roll and instant four by five all within one one shot i did shoot it, uh, the goldberg sisters recording the album on that camera and a lot of the shots that came oh, out of it the, nice. i think you can see on my website are done with that camera and you know it's uh, always produces just a you know, beautiful results so then the second part of the question is is there anything that you're you're lusting after your white whale camera anything that you 
you know, you haven't had a chance to get, but you really, really want? That's the tough question. I think yeah. so many yeah, I'll take, I'll take them all. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, maybe an Arrow Liberator, I think probably. Mm. You know, I know that Adam, again, talked about it on the show. You know, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's such an amazing kind of beast of a camera, that lens, you know, that 2.8 that he has on there, that Arrow Liberator, that shallow depth of field, that if you can nail that razor sharp <laughs> focus is... There's something about that look on the film stock that whatever film stock you're using, if you can nail the focus on it, it's just, it's unmatched by any other camera, in my opinion, on the market today. It's, mm-hmm. it's just beautiful and it's beautifully constructed. You know? Yeah, it's just a piece of art in itself. Yeah, yeah it, it, I've, I, Adam has let me shoot his a, a couple of times. You oh, know, cool, and, cool. Yeah, so to be able to kind of see it firsthand and just you know, to be able to work with something that it's as much a piece of art as kind of the art that you're producing within the camera. It's, it seems like this strange kind of symbiotic relationship that you can only, mm-hmm. you only achieve on you know, so few cameras. So that's probably the white rail. Yeah, good one. Yeah, great answer. Yeah, I had to I had to look that up after we had interviewed him because mm-hmm. I was I didn't I, I recognized the name and I've heard it you know been talked about before but i never really saw what they look like and i was like oh yeah i know what that is okay, <laughs> cool yeah the list, yeah i want one too yeah <laughs> yeah the list is long you know there's probably a few others in there and we spend gosh, hours sometimes early morning conversations uh, adam and i sending constant links through ebay or any other place that we find yeah. and just yeah. kept like oh have you seen yeah. this one have you seen this one you know why don't we have this one yet you know it's yeah, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we have this amassed these camera collections where we constantly, you know, kind of share things with each other, lenses and bodies and things like that. So it's you know, it's always a, a, to find a kindred spirit, you know, where your, your art kind of runs in the same vein. Yeah, which is yeah. Like, it's similar but different enough that you kind of stand on your own, but you appreciate each other's work and understand each other enough that you, know, you can see how one camera or film could you know, benefit their work and to be able to share those kind of ideas with you know, a person that's it's always amazing to kind of have that relationship with a, with a peer how'd you guys meet that's an interesting question um back in i think it was probably t- 2008 somewhere in there um it was when Flickr was kind of ah. where everybody was and obviously the polaroid peel apart world has kind of always been there but at that point yeah. you know I don't want to say it had fallen out of favor, but the people that were using it, it was, you know, digital was kind of in its rise. And mm-hmm. so the the folks that were shooting, the, the world was a lot smaller at that point. So, yeah. you know, when you look for, you know, 669 or a camera through Flickr to kind of see what people were shooting, kind of started noticing these shots that were kind of really kind of speaking to me on like a, you know, a visceral level, uh, vastly different from my work, but it was using kind of the same film stock. We just kind of started liking each other's photos. And then uh, I think one day we, I sent him an, an email because I wanted to do a portrait series and kind of start, you know, with some of the folks that I had kind of met along the way. And he was like, oh yeah, you know, we're kind of in the same area. Let's get together. We'll talk cameras and we'll shoot. We ended That's up just sweet. connecting that way, you know, through through Flickr. And ever since yeah, then, I was wondering if it was like... Just- like a photo related way you guys came together yeah i have some 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 Flickr friends in real life now too yeah it, it's great <laughs> yay Flickr friends yeah, yeah Flickr friends i mean that that Flickr was like in 2008 especially yeah. it was yeah, like it was a big deal it where big deal. you hung out if you were into that kind of stuff yeah so it, that's really cool yeah and it, it definitely is still has i'm not on there 
nearly as much as I used to be. In fact, I don't yeah. even have an account there anymore, but it's still a, a great resource for anybody who's into old cameras that needs a repair question or you know, is looking for a part mm -hmm. for an obscure camera. You know, and the community is still really receptive to answer any of the questions. Oh, yeah. 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 To me, I think that's one of the wonderful things about Flickr was it just had this kind of camaraderie with people that just mm -hmm. love photography and cameras to where you could go and not feel kind of kind of looked down upon by unappreciated scholars of the medium and yeah. you're like, oh, I'm not going to answer these questions and you just need to figure it out. It was, they just kind of embraced everybody and pointed you in the right direction to kind of keep you going. And you know, it, it helps keeps the cameras alive that we're all shooting. And I think it, you know, it kind of definitely bolsters the, the interest in film in itself. So you see a little bit of that in Instagram these days. I don't think it's quite as, yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same, and they don't really embrace the questions or yeah. are willing to communicate. Yeah. I know you can't send a huge kind of instant message, but I think now people are a little bit more insular in the sense that they're not really kind of reaching out. Everybody's mm -hmm. really kind of guarded, and, or they just don't necessarily seem to have the same interests anymore. It's, I think we're still a, a smaller niche community of film photographers. So. Yeah, I feel like it's probably mo mostly because Flickr was for just for yeah. like for well, I guess not. I guess you probably could put whatever up there, but you know, Instagram people are putting everything up, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Flickr's got to make a comeback. I miss Flickr. <laughs> Flickr, I mean, Flickr's still a big part of my of my work. I mean, yeah. I I I didn't want to and I complained about it, you know, oh, on yeah, previous yeah. shows when they were doing the, you know, you had to either cut your your mm -hmm. library down to a thousand photos or pay for a monthly subscription and you know i kind of threw a fit about it. i was a little upset because you know they were offering such a great service for photographers for free yeah. and i get it i mean they're they need to stay relevant if yeah. they want to keep going and and i you know i pay it i paid it yeah. i paid the 50 bucks or whatever it was for a year and because i mean i'm like why not i pay yeah. for dropbox right. and i basically use the same i use yeah. it for the same thing and like having it on Flickr, it's like a community, plus it's like my library. Like right. I just dump and dump and dump when I develop film. I just dump it on my Flickr so I can access it. Or if I'm feeling inspired, I can just scroll through it and, you know, mm -hmm. put a couple pictures. I just love Flickr. I still use it every single day. You know, I yeah. use it every day. And there's still a lot of great work out there, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you can you can you can still have a Flickr account. I, I, I don't want you to think anyone who's listening that you you can. You just have to limit your library down to a thousand photos, which is fine. Yeah, you know, that's OK. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it definitely is worth it for folks. I, you know, if they're looking to get started in kind of film photography with old cameras, it's definitely a place where you can find the help that you need. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of other great forums out there that you can reach out to folks on to kind of move into. I'm, I'm rebuilding an old Graflex SLR Series B right now. Oh, cool. And that cool. Graflex actually has a great forum site, you know, so if anybody's See? looking, you know, just yeah. jump in there and you, know, you get kind of these old guys that have been around forever. Are, you know, just uh, <laughs> They're so, you know, kind of warm and willing to help you with these old cameras that... You know, it's still, it you know, gives me hope that there's folks out there that are, are willing to help us out. Exactly. Cool. Well, this has been awesome, Ben. Yeah, it has been, guys. I appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk with me. Oh, for sure. For sure. Hopefully I didn't go uh, off on wild tangents too much. That. No, they're great. That's the best part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where can everybody check out your work? Uh, you could either go to my website, just benparks.com, Instagram handle, which is where I usually post up daily. You know, 
it's it's more current than my actual website. It's, uh, it's Ben Parks, but it's minus the K, so it's B-E-N-P-R-K-S. Just actually type in Ben Parks, you're going to really make some 12-year-old happy. Because... It, yeah, I was going to say, I was like, <laughs> I feel like somebody's got that one. Yeah, exactly. They had it, and I, I was just like, hey, my mom doesn't like it when all these people comment on my set, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Yeah, those are the two best places to find me. Awesome. And Timothy? Guys, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. And Flickr at Ooh. Timothy Makeups. <laughs> so that's at Timothy Makeups. I also make film photography related YouTube videos. You can just go to youtube.com and go to the search bar. It's the easiest way to find it. Just search Timothy.makeups. You'll see a bunch of backlog stuff. I have new stuff on the way. Chris, where are you at? So I am Crispy Photo on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, which I have a video coming very soon. Yeah. And I'm Crispy Photo on Flickr too. There's some old stuff on there. If you want to look at my old, old stuff. And nice. uh, we are Analog Talk Pod on Twitter, Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram, and we have a Facebook group and a page. So yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Ben. This has been awesome. We really loved talking with you, and we'll see you soon. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. First off, we want to thank Ben for being on the show. Ben, thanks for taking the time to hang out, chat about your awesome process. We love your work. We're big fans of your painterly, wonderful, beautiful landscapes. <laughs> And that takes us to Patreon, guys. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. We have a bunch of stuff over there, a bunch of tiers, uh, print giveaway, uh, live streams, after shows, all kinds of fun stuff. So thanks for all the support for the Patreons already. Guys, if it's something you're interested in, the link is in the description. Again, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.